This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside, especially if you're talking about gardening. Hey, y'all, I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, and this is the Gestalt Gardener. It's one of many locally produced programs by Mississippi Public Broadcasting. And here it is, this pre-solstice broadcast is live. We're going to be talking with you about what's going on or not in your own garden. So, folks, we got a little cheesy music coming up, seasonal music. Got a, a really funky thing to talk about that's going on this weekend and another one similar next weekend, but mainly we're going to be talking about gardening. Uh, we're going to be getting into things you can do, things you shouldn't do. If you've got questions, you got things you want to kick around, you want some stuff to argue about, I don't sell anything, so it doesn't matter to me what you do or don't do. Let's talk about it. Again, Horticulture's Fellow Rushing with my esteemed producer, Jonas Adams. We'll be right back with a Gestalt Gardener on MPB right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back again. Horticulture's fell to rushing. And uh, Sir Jonas, are you in there just goofing off? You got your feet back, your head, hands behind your head like you relaxed or something? A little bit. <laughs> you make my job easy. Well, listen, we're going to have a little bit of fun today. Just talking about gardening. But hey, how, how you boys doing? Are they out of school? Um, Almost. We have one that's in school right now. And um, actually, my little one, my three-year-old, is in my office right now. Oh, re- oh, oh what? Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, in your office. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we need to we need to get him in here and get some Facebook time with that boy or something like that. Sounds good to me. Let's have some good time. Hey, did, did you get the cheesy music I sent you yesterday? I sure did. I have all three selections. <laughs> you know, ready you, to go. Do you know the significance of it? No, I don't. Last week, when I got off the air, my brother, who lives up in Knoxville, Tennessee, he's a nuclear pharmacist. He mm-hmm. owns a company that makes, you know, the those kind of things. Oh, a call came pouring in. Yep. Anyway, he called me up. He was glowing. We're talking about a guy who's 61 years old, and he was in love with his tuba because he found a group called Tuba Christmas, a bunch of tuba players. Uh, euphoniums, uh, baritones, tubas get together. It's an international group, and they play Christmas carols all over the world for Christmas. Check that out. You played a tuba? You played trombone. I played trombone. But anyway, I thought, you know, what the heck? It's a tuba Christmas, and there's going to be a tuba concert tonight in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and one uh, this uh, Sunday in Mobile. So let's do tuba Christmas today. Sounds good to me. You know, uh, these guys are real serious, and they're big guys, and they're sort of the, you know, the the big, you know, the, the when the fat lady sings, that kind of thing. Yep. Well, we don't want to honk them off, but this cool, cheesy. Let's get into the spirit. Okay, let's do that. Holiday Folks, spirit. Yes, indeed. Folks, we're talking about gardening. If you have some things on your mind, it's a seasonal thing. You've know, got the solstice coming up. and uh, But it's a live program. If you want to give me a call and talk about whatever's on your garden, uh, gardening mind, we'll have a good time. We'd like to mention that solstice, the uh, the winter solstice, 
It's going to be early, early Wednesday morning in this part of the country. Uh, so you, if you want to start a nice outdoor fire Tuesday night to welcome in the new solar year, uh, after all, this is uh, the, the most ancient reason for the season. Along with several hundred other brave souls, I once actually watched the sun set and the sun rise on the winter solstice from inside the megalith stone circles at Stonehenge. Uh, magical, I guess, is as good a word as any. Anyway, it's a traditional thing. It's uh, the shortest day of the year. And uh, the, 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 the starting next Wednesday, the day is going to start getting longer and longer, a couple of minutes, a few seconds here and there. And uh, we're going to start free falling towards springtime. So those of you who already had your fill of cold weather and rainy weather, even though we've only had like, what, three weeks of it, three weeks of cold, rainy weather, um, it's going to start getting brighter next week. So anyway, we're going to be talking about that and anything that's on your gardening mind. Or to give us a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Let's go down to Mobile, Alabama, and talk to Marion. Good morning, lady. Howdy. Uh, oh, sir. Uh, sir, sir, sir. Marion. Okay, it's Marion yes, with an E. No, M A R I O N. O N. Okay. All right. What can I help you with, sir? Uh, I've had my muscadine grape vine for over twenty years, and last. Last summer, when they was about marble size, they all disappeared in about a week. Oh, I mean, did they fall off, or you think something? Well, you know, it was really dry. We're talking about uh, August, right? Uh, before August. Huh. But but there was none on the ground. Yeah. I bet, it, you know, this is something a lot of people don't don't really, you know, everybody knows about squirrels and they know about possums and raccoons. They usually go for, for things that are more ripe. But a lot of times uh, rats will come up at night and eat things that have any kind of moisture at all. It was dry in June, June July, and August. So there's a chance that, that some, usually though there's going to be holes on the ground. You know, where, where you know they, they bite them, they suck in and drop the holes on the ground, maybe not the whole muscadine. But you didn't see anything like that? No, uh, my grape. Uh, this my my arbor is six feet wide and eighty feet long. Ooh, that's a that's a big one. And I get anywhere from thirty five to fifty gallons a year. Yeah, and, and, and all they, of my grapes just disappeared within a week. When they was green and marble sad. Yeah, well, you know, I've I've been working with muscadine since the nineteen seventies. My first muscadine vine I grew from a cutting uh, in nineteen seventy eight, and uh, you know, worked with vineyards and my own vine, my my mother's vines, my cousin vineyard and all. And I've been working with these for decades. Never heard of this. Uh, so I'm thinking, you know, a bird. Maybe some birds might. I don't know. I'm just making guesses because uh, there's no disease or insect that'll do that. And uh, it's too early, really, to think about putting netting on there. You know, possums can do a really big number on them, but not till they start getting really juicy. And by then, they were That's right. at that time they were That's still right. pretty hard. I have no earthly idea. Completely stumped. Okay. But the the good news is, since they didn't put all that energy into making muscadines to maturity, that means they still got the hormones and energy maybe to make a bumper crop next year. Do you prune yours every year, Marion? Uh, no, not every year. About every other. Yeah. Well, if you prune them this year, I wouldn't be too hard on them. You know, I'd leave some stubs of this year's growth, you know, so that, um, and, and, you know, you should get a pretty good bumper crop because they didn't waste any energy. A lot of times a heavy crop one year will make them have a reduced crop the next year. I bet we got right. the opposite effect. 
Well, like I say, you know, I always get between 35 and 50 gallons. Yep. Well, uh-huh. you know, that's. do you make preserves with them? Uh, no, I just give them away. Well, next time make some preserves in case you have another lean year. Okay. <laughs> Good luck on it, Marion. All right. All right. Thanks. Man. You bet. See ya. All right. Bye-bye. You know, I studied viticulture at Mississippi State. My family had the oldest winery, uh, Muscadine Vineyard in the state, uh, uh, producing vineyard in the state. I've been growing them for all these years. Love it when an expert gets stumped. But let's slide back to Jackson and talk with Jim. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hello? Belmer, this is Jim. Yes, sir. What can I help you with? You mentioned the drought. I had thought that with the drought that we would have an early leaf fall this year, but my maples still have their leaves on them, and I noticed the oaks and a number of ones have not given up their leaves yet. Is that unusual for this time of year? Well, it, it is, and I'm th- you know, it, it, I don't understand the physiology there, but I was uh, noticing the other day that a lot of plants that normally have fall color didn't have fall color because they were too dry to, to really function. Um, so anyway, I've I've saw some oaks that the so red oaks that have really pretty fall color. There's still uh, all the leaves, but my neighbors willow oaks and water oaks dropping leaves all over my yard. So I don't know. You know, you, it, it, a lot of times it goes by temperature as well as day length, and not so much the drought. Well, we've really had a warm fall. Yeah, and a dry one too, and that you know that might have slowed leaf function down. So uh, you know, it, it, you know they they weren't functioning at their normal speed, which meant they didn't use up all their chlorophyll and all that stuff before then. But uh, it's not so much the drought, but it's the the temperatures and the and the and the uh, the day length that cause them to drop their leaves. A second question: Are we too far north to grow satsumas here in Jackson? Normally we are, but you know, I had a, a, a fellow drop by a couple of great big Meyer lemons the other day that that uh, his neighbor grew in North Jackson, and lemons don't grow at all here. But uh, you know, it, it really just depends on the winter. You know, the citrus bloom kind of early, and if we have a, a, a hard freeze or a late frost, a lot of times that'll get their flowers. Even if they survive the cold themselves, a lot of times they they uh, they lose their fruit because of a late frost on the flowers. So it's a gamble. It is a gamble. Well, farming's the gamble. I think I might try. Okay. Hey, you know, it's legal to gamble in the garden. Thank you, Felder. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Appreciate your call. All righty, folks, I was talking about tuba Christmas. I'll talk about it a little bit more. And also, poinsettias. Going to have some inf- interesting information about poinsettias, the number one florist crop in the country uh, in just a little while. But first, let's talk to Mandy. She's calling from Jackson. Hey, Mandy, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Fine. Thank you. What's up? Well, when we uh, moved into a house, we had a little bit of landscaping done, and there was no uh, good dirt brought in. So everything uh, that's planted around my house has been just kind of red, bad dirt. And uh, it's been a couple of years, and it's not growing. So I was wondering the best way to go back and condition that soil. Yeah. Uh, and it's a real good question, Mandy. Uh, uh, it's, it's a very common situation, too. Let me throw out a couple of things first. Uh, most people plant stuff right up against their house because that was a style that was promoted by the garden clubs back in the 1930s and 40s, and it became uh-huh. the standard. It's not necessary to make your house look attractive to have a, a, a mustache or a green worm right up <laughs> against the foundation. It, it's really not necessary, and the plants don't grow as well there. So... 
But what I would do is I would come out from the house three or four or five feet, you know, out past the drip line and all that, and you run into a lot better dirt, and the plants will have more air circulation, they'll be able to grow better, and you can get back behind them if you ever need to do any weeding or something like that. From the street, they look like they're up against the house. So come out a little ways, and then uh, go ahead, you can you can start doing this ahead of time. Dig where you're going to put each plant or the bed at least a shovel's depth foot would be better, but no more than that. A shovel to a foot deep. Turn the clay over completely. Just shovel at a time. Turn it upside down. Chop up the big pieces and then spread a little bark over it and then stir that in like crackers and chili. If you'll dig it first, then spread uh-huh. the mulch. Uh, you know, a tiller just sort of claws its way down six or eight inches, but a, a shovel, yeah. it's a lot of work, but I was digging the other day in some what was horrible concrete Yazoo clay three yeah. weeks ago, two days, I, too. I know, but, but two days after we got that good rain and it dried out a little bit, you, this stuff turns over like chocolate cake. There's a window of opportunity that opens up a few days after a good rain where clay digs beautifully and just take it a shovel at a time, crunch straight yeah. down, flip it upside down, take a step back and keep doing that. And you can get it down nice and deep in the worst clay right now. I know from, from personal experience this week. But anyway, a shovel or foot deep, add a a two or three inch layer of bark on top and then stir that together and you'll be ready to go. And then you can move your plants after you get over having the aches and pains of digging. Right. uh, What about, do you like mushroom compost? Mushroom, you ever add anything, yeah, 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 yeah. Mushroom compost is fine, but all compost, whether it's mushroom, well, yeah, yeah, it's not necessary. Mushroom compost, uh, uh, leaf compost, manure, things like that, they have the same effect in the soil. I know people say there's differences, but there's really not a measurable difference. Any kind of compost is going to have about the same effect and they don't last very long, they, they decompose quickly. So, the ideal right. world would be to put some bark. The bark mulch, which is chunky and it lasts a long time, and a little compost, you know, and see between the compost, the fast-acting effect of it, and the long-lasting of the bark, your plants have a better chance of getting roots down deep before it all decomposes, which it's going to do. Oh, okay. Well, that's great. And if you want to move your plants, if they're big plants, Mandy, uh, I would, if, if you know, it's easier to move them if you prune them first. Your neighbor's going to talk about you, but they understand. You know, but if you don't want to move them, let's say you've got azaleas, you know, they all need to be pruned. If you've got to dig them and move them, they need to be pruned to balance that top with the roots. Um, But you can wait till till after spring bloom and things bloom to to prune them. Oh, yeah, for azaleas. Yeah, you know, anything like that. But and, and also keep in mind, step back from the street. You don't need a solid worm of plants across. If you've got an attractive house, you don't need something right in front of the window, something at the corners. A uh, nice little clump, a group of plants accent your, your porch, and maybe a few little things spotted here and there in between windows, but don't feel like you have to have a solid worm because, believe me, it simply disappears. Your neighbors don't see it at all. It just, you know, it's just something we've been conditioned to do. Right. No, you're right. I agree with that. Okay. Well, that's great. That is very helpful. Thank you so much. Okay, Mandy. It's not going to be fun, but right now the dirt is diggable. Yeah, yeah oh, I know. I'm... I'm <laughs> planted a bunch of stuff um, around Thanksgiving. Impossible. I've been out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck on it. And uh, and if you have some more questions, shoot me an email. I'll be glad to give you some. You know, send me a picture of the house. Maybe I could suggest some some fun plants that would do well. Oh, I'll do that. Thank okay, you. Okay, so you bet. Okay. It's, have a good day.
All right, that was Mandy. She's going to be doing some digging. I did some digging this past week. Since we were here together last week on the on this garden party we called the Gestalt Gardener, I actually went down and I dug some of the stuff that was, honestly, it was like concrete. You could stand on your shovel and jump on the shovel, and the blade would bend before it would dig in. And last week I went out and I just sliced into it and turned it over, and then I dug down even further. D- deeper below that, and it turned over beautifully. So now's a good winter winter of oppor- a good window of opportunity. Now we've got um, plenty of time to talk about gardening. Got some little cheesy music. It's not, and I say cheesy. Tuba players are real proud, you know, and they're they're a little sensitive about the fact that they play tuba. But these are people playing their hearts out once a year in a thing called Tuba Christmas. They're going to have a concert tonight at, in Hattiesburg, starting at 6.30 at the Hattiesburg, Hattiesburg Zoo right on Hardy Street. I'm going to be there. I hope you are, too. Anyway, we're going to take a little break, play a little bit of, of a cheery Tuba Christmas news, and come back with your phone calls, which are toll-free. You want to give us a call? one eight seven seven mpb ring I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. This is a pre-solstice version of, uh, 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 of the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be back with more gardening and your phone calls right after this. Radio from classical to bluegrass and everything in between. MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Fell to Rushing. And if you want to hear a live tube of Christmas, there's two of them this weekend. One's going to be in Hattiesburg uh, in South Mississippi. It's going to be at the Hattiesburg Zoo right on Hardy Street. Starts at 6.30. Hope to see some of y'all there. And if you can't make that, uh, there's going to be one this Sunday, December the 18th, uh, in Mobile at Cooper Riverside Park. That's going to be at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That'll be something fun to take the kids to. Uh, Cooper Riverside Park, 3 p.m. in Mobile, Sunday, December the 18th. The 
18th. Uh, if you're just interested in some music, some, some Christmas-type carols that'll bring a smile to your face, go to Amazon.com and just Google Christmas tuba. We're going to take a phone call now from Dorit. Okay, how do you pronounce it? Is it Dorit? Dorit? Dorit. Dorit. Okay, and you're on the road. You got your hands on the wheel? I do. I do. <laughs> what, can I help you, what can I help you with? Uh, I live in Derby, and uh, about six miles south of Poplarville. Yeah. And for the last four years, I've tried growing lemon trees. Right. And I planted them on the south-facing side of the property, and they never even made bloom. And so I trimmed them back one year thinking that was the solution, but the only thing that came up were shoots from the ground, and then for one year I thought they would flower, and somebody told me, no, those will never make. That's right. So... My question is, is there any, I mean, the, the main branch is about three, four inches thick, but I'm wondering, should I do anything to try to bring those back? I have about four of them. Yeah. And, or should I just dig them up and buy a new one and try again? I mean, four years, I feel like it's a yeah. length of time to put with it, and maybe my eco culture is not right well i I know it's real confusing because there's so many possibilities and and first of all one one citrus plant can produce fruit all by itself because somebody may suggest you need you know male and female but one can do by itself and as long as they've got a pretty good root system you know a nice wide root system if you don't have really hard clay or if it doesn't stay wet those two things cause root problems staying wet or heavy clay they just they won't grow in those things so if you've got pretty good dirt one of the things you you could do, Dart, would be to thin out some of the limbs and then thin out some of the branches, sort of open the tree up, and the energy, I say this all the time, but the energy that would have gone to what you cut off will go into what's left. You know, don't prune it overall, just thin out a couple of three limbs and then a few branches off what's left. That'll help a little bit. Um, and, other, and as far as fertilizer, if you remove a bunch of uh, branches and limbs, the plant's not going to really need a lot of fertilizer, else may be all leafy growth. But it helps to give it a little bit of fertilizer under the outer spread of the branches every spring or two. You know, you don't, you know, okay. don't, and uh, and those are about all you can do. A good, you know, they're drought tolerant, so you don't really need to water it so much. If you decide to go with something else, so uh, shoot me an email because there are some varieties that are a whole lot better. You know, they have trouble with lemons and oranges even in Florida sometimes. Uh, but this far north, we do have some cold-hearted citrus. There's one called I Chang, I-C-H-A-N-G, I Chang Lemon. The Chinese call this one Fragrant Ball. I get this information from, from a friend of mine named Tom Mann who grows citrus, cold-hearted citrus in central Mississippi. But kumquats do well. Uh, satsumas should do pretty well for you. Um, you know, but in other words, plant a variety rather than all of the same kind. That way, if you have something that affects one, it may not affect all of them. Well, I, I grow lemons for the zest, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I really don't want to grow Meyer lemons. Yeah. You know? Those are not my favorite. Okay, well, I'll teach you an email. Okay. May I ask another question? Sure. I love figs. Yeah. And I've, I've tried figs for three years. And they never took off. I mean, 
took off at all. Never, maybe one had three leaves. Yeah. And same thing with the citrus trees. Couple of things. If the, if your if your plants aren't growing well at all, that means they don't have a good root system. And if you have a heavy clay soil, you you're gonna need, need to add stuff. Don't dig it out and replace it, but add stuff to it to fluff it up like a baseball pitcher mound. A little bit higher in the middle, three or four feet across, maybe five or six inches high in the middle. That'll help if you have drainage problems. And then when you set a plant in the ground, it's really important to prune it back to balance the top with the root, so it starts out. Even you know the roots aren't overwhelmed by too much top, which can cut, it can actually kill a plant. Uh, and also, uh, if you want to try another fig, go with one that's called um, Celeste. Celeste is probably your number one fig. LSU purple is fine, brown turkey is fine, but Celeste would be the one you should start with because it's the most likely to produce a good crop. But main thing is wide hole, raise it up, add a little stuff to your dirt, prune it back when you set it out, and uh, just take it from there. The okay. top from the top from the ground should be the same height as the root ball. No, when you put when the, every commercial grower on earth, every fruit, every fig grower on earth, when they put a fig in the ground, they cut it off at knee high. They oh, don't. Okay. They they don't think twice about it. I mean, because okay. they know that's what it takes to get them started. Okay. All righty. Okay, and you said three or four feet from the plants. To work the soil? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, they, okay. yeah, they need wide, shallow root system. All right, but shoot me an email, Dart, and I'll be glad to, to get a little bit more detail with you. Uh, meanwhile, let's go to Brookhaven and talk with Robert. Hey there, good morning, sir. Good morning. What's up, man? Um, I have a, uh, a small tree on a property that I purchased, and uh, I don't want to cut it down, and it's very close to the home. Uh, I was wondering what diameter is too big to move by hand. Now, what kind of plant was it again? I was, I was, paying, I was listening to the question ahead of time, and I missed the plant. Uh, it, it's a tree that I don't recognize, okay. but uh, okay. the, the bark is like a burgundy color, and it looks almost like spun silk around the whole, uh, uh, the whole trunk of the tree uh, with little silver splotches in it. Uh, huh. But anyway, it's a... It's a uh, don't have any. It's dormant right now, so don't have any leaves. Uh, yeah. But uh, it looks very healthy. Yeah. But it's about the diameter of a coke can. Yeah. And I would like to dig it up and move it. But yeah. I'm wondering, That's... how big do I need to dig, and and is it possible or feasible at this time? Okay. Here, here's here's my take on it. This is from a guy who, before I ever went to college, I worked at a nursery that grew trees in fields, and we dug them and moved them to landscapes. You know, and if you have one of those digging machines, that's a whole. But but if you can dig it yourself, I personally, and and I've dug hundreds and hundreds of trees, I personally would not move one that I couldn't put my hand around the base of it. Because just one hand. Yeah, here's the deal. You know, if if you stick your arm straight out, and wiggle your fingers, that's where tree roots are. And when you dig it up, you're leaving nothing but shoulders and stubs. And what happens is uh, the top of the tree, and when it leaves out in the spring, it's gonna all those leaves are gonna start sucking water through roots that simply aren't there, and they can grow new ones. But a lot of times it takes longer than the tree needs. So if you do want to move it, I think it's a good idea to cut some of the limbs off to reduce the amount of leaves on it next year. Anyway, to, okay. I can't pick up a root ball this 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 that you know if if you imagine uh, uh, like a clothes basket. 
you know, a clothes yeah. hamper. Uh, I can't move a root ball bigger than that without it breaking. And if it breaks, the tree's going to die. So, you know, that's, that's a, you know, my rule of thumb is if it's more than a couple of feet across, you know, from side to side, that root ball is going to break when you dig it out. So you can give it a try. But um, okay. and, and I don't want to get technical here, but I've dug so many plants. Here's how I do it real quick. And you can shoot me an email if you want more information. I go out from the trunk about a foot, foot and a half at the most. I cut straight down. I pull the shovel straight back out and I cut all the way around like that. And then I make a second cut outside the first one all the way around and dig the dirt out in between. So you got a root ball standing up in a trench. And then right. I then I take my shovel at, because I can get it at an angle, and I cut all the way around the b- beneath the plant using that trench so I can angle my my shovel back. So cut straight down, make a second cut, dig it out between, and then go around the tree, cutting all the way around, around, around till you have got all the roots cut. Then you can roll up a towel and roll it part ways under it, rock it back, roll it the rest of the way. And in other words, uh, put a towel or something like that up under and lift the root ball by that. You're less likely to break it. Okay, did, wonderful. Did, I, know, I know the tree itself is not very big around uh, yeah. as far as the diameter of the branches, so maybe yeah. that would be helpful. Yeah. Well, good luck on it. If you want some little bit more specific, I can, you know, I can draw a picture or something like that on how to move them. Uh, you want to give it the best chance you can. Thank you very much. I love the show. All right. Appreciate it. <laughs> Okay, we got a little bit more cheesy music we're going to play, but first of all, we're going to go to Ronald in Jackson. Good morning, Ronald. How are you today? Oh, I'm pretty good. Great show. I listen all the time in the morning. All right. What can, well, what can I help you with? Yeah, I relocated here from Chicago. Mm. Bless your heart. It's a whole different yeah. ball game when it comes to gardening down here. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I like lawns, and I, I got this, uh, this house I purchased, and, and the lawn looks just bad. Kind of dried out, got a few uh, bare spots in there, and, oh, I don't know, it just looks like it needs a lot of work. If I wanted to start working on that, wanted to know how soon should I start working on it, what should I use to make that thing thrive a little bit? Okay. A little bit greener, a little bit fuller. Well, well, well let, me, let me ask you a big question first. You got sun or shade? It's very sunny. It's a sunny. I'm good, 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 good. Well, then let me explain something before I answer. Keep in mind that I'm a... Turf specialist, I don't sell anything, and what I'm about to tell you is not what you're going to hear from people who sell stuff. You know what I'm saying? Okay. People who sell you stuff are going to tell you all sorts of crazy things. I'm real bottom line. Uh, first of all, uh, you, you don't. there's nothing you can do right now except you can spray for weeds. If you've got a bunch of weeds out there, December and January, the weeds are real small, and they're real easy to kill without hurting your grass because it's wintertime to the grass. See, so if you think you can have a bunch of weeds out there, you can get a liquid spray that's for broadleaf weeds, a liquid spray, and then you can you can spray a bunch of weeds if you got a bunch. If you don't worry about the weeds, you know, no no big deal. But the okay. the next thing you can do is when your grass start and when it greens up in the spring, we're talking about late March or April. Wait until it's been mowed a couple of times before you fertilize it. Now, okay. th- this is exactly opposite what people sell fertilizer going to tell you, but I'm the guy. You know what I'm saying? So okay. wait until it's been mowed a couple of times because when it greens up, it's going to grow a whole new root system. Then you give it a little fertilizer. And I'd use a stuff called centipede food. Doesn't matter what kind of grass you've got. The stuff they sell for centipede grass, it's got everything most grass need. 
And uh, so we're looking at sometime middle of April after everybody else has already done their their thing. And then set okay. your set your mower at a pretty high setting because most grasses are going to grow thicker and better if you mow a high. A lot of people want that carpet effect. Uh, I'm old, grass is old school like me. It likes that shag rug. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I'm the same way. I understand. That. Yeah, so so wait till it's been mowed a couple of times, fertilize it, mow high, and then if you can water it at least once a month over the summertime, no more than every couple of weeks. A good deep soaking every two or three weeks is a lot better than twice a week. People sell irrigation; they sell irrigation. I'm just trying to think from the grass point of view. So wait till it's been mowed high a couple of times, fertilize it, give it a good soaking every two or three or four weeks in the summer, and that'll help it thicken up over this first summer. Then we got something to work with next year. Okay, I see. Relax. It's too hot to do anything else. Do it. Yeah. All right. Good luck on it, Ronald. If you have some more questions about that, shoot me an email, folks. I answer my emails, garden at mpbonline.org. We got a uh, calls coming about getting rid of cedar trees, something about Christmas tree, hydrangea bushes. We could take a little cheesy music. Uh, and I want to say cheese again as all honors to the sensitive people who play tuba, euphonium, and baritone. That family of instruments. Uh, my brother's a tuba player. He's in his 60s. He loves his tuba, and uh, he's found a way to express himself by getting together with other tubists every Christmas and playing tunes. It's called Tuba Christmas. Google it, folks. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. We're talking about gardening here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be back with more of your phone calls right after this. programs are available now as podcasts. Sure, you love your MPB mobile app. It streams your favorite program anytime you like. But when streaming's not the thing, say, in flight or driving on the Natchez Trace, download your favorite podcast and you've got it in your pocket. Available on iTunes or on any podcast app. Grab your local MPB podcast now. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
you. Welcome back, folks. Horticulture's fellow Russian Jonas. Uh, do we have a wambulance around here anywhere? Wambulance. 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 Yeah, no. I mean, I'm really, really bummed out because you're taking your sweet wife and your two young young men, and you're moving. Yeah. What's up with that, man? I mean, moving, you know, moving, you've, moving. you've been you've been my boss all this time. I've been doing my best to make you sound uh, tall and smart. <laughs> but y'all, y'all are heading over to Washington D.C., right? Yep, right outside of D.C. Listen, in Virginia all those, area. Listen, to the phone calls. Well, I right. mean, has pour, pouring in. You know, but you still got family here, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, her all of her family is pretty much here, and um, um most of my family is originally in Chicago, but. Yeah. I've been here since 98, so I have a lot of extended family here. I have a JSU family here, yeah. so yeah. And your your, your sons have got they um, got a grandmother here? Yep, sure do, and a great-grandmother. Okay, so so we'll be seeing you a lot then. Definitely. Okay, well... Definitely. It, it, I'll, be, I'll, I'll just pop back in on you during your show, just for kicks. Now, you may, <laughs> you, you may be here after the first... You, you may do one other program, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Okay, okay, so we still got time to punk you. What? <laughs> I'm trying to. I might avoid that somehow. <laughs> well, I've really thoroughly enjoyed uh, ha- having you as, as my producer, man. I we really appreciate it. Uh, bang up time. I had big shoes to fill, and we have we've had a lot of fun, especially on this program. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have some more too. But meanwhile, let me get back to work because it's what you pay me to be here for. Woo-hoo! Sound tall and smart. Yeah, that's right. We're gonna start out with Charlie, who's on the road. Hey, Charlie. Good morning. Thanks for holding, man. What's up? Uh, yes, sir. My mother has uh, bought some. Uh, some property adjacent to hers. Uh-huh. There's a lot of, there's probably about 15 uh, big cedar trees on it. Yeah. She wants those cedar trees took down and she wants to put a little orchard there because on the other side is a field. Yeah. She wants apples, peaches, plums, and pear trees. And where is this? It's in uh, Hickory Flat, Mississippi. Oh, where's that? <laughs> okay. Uh, do you know where Tupelo is? Yeah. All right, about uh, 40 miles north of Tupelo. Okay, well, we got good news then because, you know, the further north you go in Mississippi, the more the, the more varieties you have of things like apples and pears. They don't do as well throughout the whole state. And also, you're yep. going to be fairly close to Verona, which is just south of, of uh, Tupelo, and, yep. uh, and that's where one of our Mississippi fruit demonstration farms is. So we got okay. folks down there who, who know what does really, really well, you know, as far as pot disease resistance and stuff like that. Because when she gets rid I'm going to answer your question in a second, but i got to throw this out. It's not just the type of fruit she wants to grow, but the variety of each type. Because some varieties will do and some will not. You know, not all yep. peaches or apples and pears will do equally well. See, so so just keep that in mind. And I've got a, a, a little publication I can help you with if you shoot me an email. Okay. okay, but anyway, to answer your question, I just cut some cedar trees down in my own yard because it, it, because they were getting in the power lines and stuff. You just got to cut them off flush with the ground. There's no way you're going to be able to dig out all those trunks. But if you I cut, know. but you know, if you cut cedars off, they don't sprout back out like oaks and stuff. You know, they 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 just don't sprout back out. So if, okay. so if you can cut them lower than your bush hog, then they'll never be a problem again. I can do that. Yeah. Now, you're going to need to have your soil tested, you know, just one shot. Go around the area and take little random samples, uh, you know, uh, three or four inches deep all over there. Mix them together in a bucket and then take a pint of that mixture to the county extension office because that soil may be alkaline. It may be acidic. But we want to make sure that if you need lime that you put that out. only has to be done every three or four years. But, uh, you know, you don't have to do this all the time. But just go ahead and get a soil test one time, and let's just see what it's like out there. 
Okay. And then we can take it from there. All right. I mean, that's what a would, that's enough to do right there, Charlie. All right. What would be a good time to plant the uh, new trees I want to put in? It's best to set these kind of plants out in the wintertime, January, February, and that's when garden centers start to get them in. And, uh, again, okay. keep in mind, you need to make sure. Don't be in a rush to stick stuff out there just to do it because it's not just what they cost, but the time. It may take years to find out that it's a really n- not a good variety. So, you know, let's do a little research. Shoot me an email, and I can help get you started and put you in, in touch with folks. But uh, the other thing is when you put them in the ground, Charlie, don't get the most expensive trees. Get something that's the right variety. And uh, when you cut them in the ground, put them in the ground, they're going to need to be cut back to about knee high. Every single one of them. And uh, do you say this is your mother or your wife? I'm a mother. Okay. Your mama's going to get mad at you if you do this. So wait till she's gone to the hairdresser or something. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Okay. I can help you out with all of this except get, except calming mama down. Uh, okay. That's, <laughs> yeah, she wanted me to grab some today and put no, them in the ground. No. No, uh, no, yeah. because it, it'll take four or five or six years to find out that some of them really don't like being the, the garden centers sell stuff that don't grow here. Uh, yes. OK. So she goes the first Monday at Ripley at that trade day and they put some trees off on her. Well, you know, yes, ma'am. just do what mama says. But when she's not looking, shoot me an email. Uh, well, I'll shoot you an email. Uh, Okay. Here, as soon as I get off the road, but, okay. uh, I just want to make sure that I thought I needed a certain variety. Yeah, you do. You do. All right, Charlie. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. And thank uh, you, sir. Give, give Mama a hug because she, cause she, you know, got hug Mama while you can. All right. Let's go down to Mobile. Hey, is it Daylene, Darlene? Darlene. Darlene, howdy. What's up? Hey. Uh, Excuse me. I have a Christmas tree, um, a Leland Cypress. Uh huh. That was freshly cut. We put it here in the house, and that is brittle as anything. I've never seen a tree dry up. Now, what is the problem with doing a fresh cut tree? Is there, you know, we have central heat. Yeah. Maybe that has something to do with it. It it has a lot to do with these trees. They've been growing outside in the sun and the humidity. When you cut them, uh, you know, even if you put water around their base, those leaves, those needles dry out real quick yeah. in the low humidity. And if you've got it where there's a heater blowing on it, it's oh, like yeah. it's like it's like putting the hair dryer to your head and never moving it around. Ooh. Yeah. So it's not a good one to have then for Christmas. Well, no. Well, Leland Cypress, it does okay, but it, you know, it, it may not be the best for holding this needle. But none of the Christmas trees. Uh, or poinsettias or anything like that want to have the uh, the central air or heat blowing right on them. Yeah, you know that's okay. that's that's always going to be a problem. So you know, a lesson it, learned. But yep. it's a beautiful, beautiful tree, Christmas tree. It, yep, and and you've got time to get you another one too. Oh no, honey! This one's decorated. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, well, well, one thing you you could do uh, next time if you if you got a perfect spot to put it, and that's just the best spot, you know, maybe hang a little piece of cardboard or something to deflect the the heat from blowing right on it. Okay. That, that'll help. All right. Well, I just thought I'd get that settled before next year because I'm not going to get one, un, you know, unless I can do something yeah. to protect it. it. It's, you know, it's just a, it's a difficult thing. It's one of the reasons why so many people switch over to the to the artificial trees, which oh, are Lord, very— I can't 
than that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's 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 all you know, it's all good. And some of the the fake ones are more real than the real ones, especially when the real ones turn brown, Darlene. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's I'm li- true. I'm laughing. You put water in it. You know, there's nothing you can put in there to help it. No. No. In the water itself. No. What, no. Once you cut that trunk, and if you let it dry out one time, it seals off, and water after that just don't, doesn't do any good. Oh, okay. You know, That's what I wanted to know for next Christmas. Keep in mind, Christmas trees were real popular back, bef- you know, 100 years ago, Victorian times, before we had air central heat. <laughs> All right. We're going to go down to Rick in Alabama. What's up, Rick? Thank you for holding, man. Hey, good morning, fellas. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, what's up? Um, I got two questions. The first one is um, um, when we bought this uh, house in the acre lot, the previous owner had planted um, bamboo along the lot line, uh-huh. and it it's spreading. And I've got you know, 25, 30-foot tall bamboo, um, and I, I right. cut it back. But is there a way, any way to keep the roots from encroaching on the house because it's starting to head in that direction. The only way is to dig a ditch. It doesn't have to be a deep one, but, you know, uh, six or eight inches deep. You know, it could be kind of wide. It doesn't have to look like a ditch. Uh, and it'll take a little while to go across it. But if, if you could get you some tin or something like that and sink it down six or eight inches, uh, then when it hits that, because those rhizomes are, are, are real shallow, you know, then that'll, that, that'll shoot them up instead of making them go like torpedoes towards the house. There's no uh, there's no easy way. Also, you can make a cut when you can see where they're coming up in a in a line. You can make a cut between them and the main clump and pull that rhizome up. It's just another, it's like a piece of bamboo laying straight down up under the ground. And you know you can you know cut it off where it starts and then pull that up and that'll help. But sooner or later it's gonna gonna mean a ditch with some some kind of a uh, uh, barrier down in there. No other way around that. Hello. Oh, must have lost him. I don't know what to do. What do we do? Jonas, help me out, boss. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky's still there? I don't know. I guess we lost him. Are you there, fella? Hey, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. thought we lost you. So what's up? What's your other question? The second question is um, when we bought the same lot, there's several uh, hydrangea bushes on it. They're pretty mature. They've been there for for quite a while, and they had beautiful blue uh, blooms on them. Yeah. Uh, the lot was pretty much uh, overgrown and uh, had a lot of pine and sweet gum trees on it. Uh, so we cleaned it up um, and planted sod in a lot of areas. It was always a grass. We didn't do it right up to the bushes, but within a couple feet of the bushes. And now uh, all I get are red brown blooms on there. Yeah. What can I do to get my blue blooms? The, oh, oh, the wintertime, sometime in January, February, thin out some of the bigger, the taller stems. You don't have to prune the whole thing, but thin out some of the tall stuff, leave some of the lower stuff, and that'll take the stress off the plants. And uh, what's left to do, fine. thin out the tall stems, and then whatever's left, follow uh, the end of a, a hydrangea, follow it from the end of the branch to where it started growing this past spring. And then cut off about a third of that. Leave half or two-thirds of this year's growth. Thin out the tall stuff, and then cut everything back a foot or two. Okay, I get lots of blooms, but they're like a reddish-brown color, and I'm trying to get that blue color back. Well, the blue color is caused by aluminum in the soil from an acidic soil. There are things called soil acidifiers that you can put around hydrangeas that have aluminum sulfate in them. That'll make them blue. 
Okay, thank you. All right, good luck on it. Okay, we need to do some, or not we need, can we do another cheesy tune? Yes, we can. Okay, gentlemen. Man, I really appreciate all, you know, you have been so patient with me the past three or four years. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, but it's fun. It's all in fun. Yeah, well, it is fun. You know, and, uh, you know, we talk about gardening, but it's more about enjoying yourself, and you have made it so much easier. It's going to be hard to fill your your shoes. Think so? I think so. I oh, you got that. clean socks. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks, we got one more tuba Christmas thing. Again, I'm going to be in Hattiesburg at the zoo at 6.30 listening to tuba Christmas. Those of you in Mobile can find one down at, at the, the, the Cooper uh, Park in Mobile Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock, tuba Christmas. i got a few little uh, poinsettia facts I want to share with you, but we've got some callers on the line. That's what we're here for, really. And if I don't get around to it, I'll put it in the Clarion Ledger next week. Uh, meanwhile, folks, the solstice coming up. Think about starting a fire Tuesday night, keeping it going till Wednesday morning. That's how you usher in the new solar year. Horticulture's fellow rushing, Gestalt Gardener, here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be right back after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Tuba Christmas, y'all. Before we take these last calls, let me throw this out. Uh, Poinsettias are cool plants. No, they're not poisonous. It's been proven over and over again. And those red bracts, when you get a poinsettia, if you bring it inside, it goes from the humid greenhouse to the store to your house. Those red bracts, they're called bracts, they're not really flowers, and the leaves are going to fall. That's what happens. Don't worry about it after Christmas. Cut the plant back a little bit. Give it some sun, Put it in a sunny window, water and fertilize it, and it'll put on all new leaves, and you can set it out in your flower bed next year. It is possible to get it to bloom again, but the main thing is, uh, this plant was discovered in the 1800s by a guy named Joseph Poinsett, who's an ambassador to Mexico. Is the single biggest crop, 33 million of them grown every year. If you have some questions about that, I'm going to put something in this coming week's Clearing Ledger about poinsettias and their care. Meanwhile, let's go to Natchez, see if we can work in a couple of calls. Robert, what's up with your fig tree? Well, it's kind of unusual. 
I had a large fig tree that's been in the ground for about 40 years, came from a cutting from Lauderdale County, yep. Grant's house. It split in two, so I need it. I've still got half of it propped up, but it's going to die. Yeah. So my sister bought me one at a nursery. It's very small. It's about the size of Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. Yeah. Put it in the ground. Uh, they, We put it in the ground in early September. Yeah. And in November, I noticed it had little figs all over. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. figs are figs are flowers. They're gonna you know this plant's under stress. It's gonna do things out of season. Well, I've gotten about a quart and a half of figs off of it. Even though we had a freeze and the leaves dropped, I've still got figs growing on it now. Cool. And it's, what December fifteenth? Yeah. Again, it's a young plant under stress. It's gonna do that. It'll get back in the swing of things next year. So anyway, Robert, sorry, we're at the end of, we're running out of time here real quick. we got to go to Stephen in Boonville. Hey, Stephen, what's up, man? Uh, yeah, just a quick question. I know you're uh, tight on time. Um, I've lived in under six acres for about um, 11 years now. Yeah, we are running out of time. Quick, 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 quick. Uh, um, what, a good cash crop to grow in the northeast corner of Mississippi. Okay. I was trying to narrow down to coffee, blueberries, or peanuts. Okay, you're going to need to shoot me an email because there's too much to talk about in 30 seconds. But I can give you some good advice on how to get started on that. But coffee, forget it. Peanuts, eh, we got some stuff to talk about. Blueberries, you're on the right track. Shoot me an email, man, and I will get into more detail with you. A little bit, a, a lot more detail. Huh, Jonas. We wiped him. We knocked him out. Yeah, we did. We didn't get a chance to get to Ann. Sorry, Ann. I'm sorry. Anne's, but but her, her message, she says she's missing Jonas already. Oh, That's she's so her sweet. message. She said, I'm missing <laughs> Jonas already. Ann's a good buddy. I live in Clinton, too. I, I'm not about to. But All righty. I'm moving from Clinton. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get you back here uh, to host this thing one more time before you actually go on for good. Yeah, definitely. We're definitely going to try to get that done. All righty, folks. Uh, Jonas Adams has, has been my producer, my esteemed producer for all these years now. I'm going to miss you a whole lot, but he's done a great job. Sam Wells was the uh, phone screener today. It's a tall, handsome Sam Wells. We're going to be talking about gardening every week. Next week's a holiday, so we'll probably do a, a rebroadcast, but I uh, just want to mention whether it's uh, Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Christmas or Solstice. Be safe. Be considerate. Be nice. Be peaceful. We're going to take a little bit of a break till we come back and join this garden party we call the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi public broadcasting. If you get a chance, take a kid to a garden center, get them a sack of bulbs, and take them outside and show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.